I am Mo Quick. Yes, it's the Mo Show. I brought David Shan in here. He's a bit of an expert. Uh, Mr. Shan, you wrote podcast ebook, and I, I'm not going to say you wrote podcast ebook because that sounds crazy because I still have to say .com on the end. But tell me about this <laughs> website that you can go and read on how to turn your podcast into dollars. Absolutely. So I've, uh, I've last year we did seven figures in just a podcast, and I just figured out. One, the whole world is going towards podcasting. So I wrote, like, the 20 things that helped me build that, and uh, it's been helping people dramatically. I mean, like, people, I've been helping people make money before they even launch their podcast. How, Sway? Yep. I mean, David. <laughs> so if you think about it, most people want marketing and advertising for their business. Mm-hmm. Well, if you set up a podcast um, and you're going to be talking to your audience, you're going to be cultivating an audience, everybody wants to get in front of that relationship. So in TV or radio, right, there's no real way for people to listen to the same person for an hour. Like, there's no other time in history that somebody listens to this person for an hour, no commercials, nothing. But if I build an audience of people that's going to listen to me that with that much intentionality, mm-hmm. um, that's a more loyal audience. Mm-hmm. So that loyal audience is valuable for people who have products, services, companies, they want to get in front of that. But, okay, so if you hadn't started, that means you hadn't built your following, so how do you know I'm going to do that before you give me your money? Well, give me your question again. So you said you can help people make money even before yes, they start podcasting. Sure. But if you hadn't even seen my audience, how do you know you can – Give me your money and see your return. Oh, you're selling the idea. So, for instance, if I say I'm going to open a store this Saturday uh-huh. and I want you to give me $100 for me to put your advertisement in front of this store, I'm just selling the fact that I'm going to do my very best to drive traffic to this store. Like, I'm, I'm out here promoting, 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 not your business, but my store. But if your advertisement is in front of my store, it seems like a good play for you because who else is going to work hard to advertise anything that your business is on? So you're selling the plan. Hey, I'm going to have this audience of women. I'm going to have the biggest podcast in the world. You know the growth of podcasting right now. You can sell what's going to happen before it actually happens. Actually, you're in a better position to make money before your podcast starts because you're selling the vision than after you start it because now you got to sell the numbers and the audience and listen. Speak, because, you know, we start off at like two views, three <laughs> listens, and everybody gets really discouraged at that point, right? And even when it comes to even believing in yourself, it's going to be hard for you to sell a dream that you yourself are struggling with. Yeah, that's the first thing. You got to believe that you have a voice for people. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know you have a special voice for it. So even if the radio didn't give you this opportunity, if you started talking to a specific audience with your unique perspectives, your 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 unique ideologies, the way you think, you're going to build a true audience of people. Even those two views, that's two people to say, I love this person's voice. Mm. And if those two will watch, 20 will watch. 20 will watch, 200 will watch. Eventually, you'll have 200,000. That's a lot of confidence you got on the mic. Why not? I, you know what? People in confidence, I guess because half, a, not half, a third of your confidence is shaped by yourself. But then you have society. You got your family and friends. So it's hard to actually be confident in yourself because all of your confidence is coming from all these outside sources. And not often do people believe in a dream they can't see. Do you know what the crazy part is? And you you actually just said it like your confidence comes from your environment, which means all you have to do is change the environment. So in my environment, Mm. the people that I'm around, it's not even cool to not believe in yourself. Dope. Like, I can't come wow. talking about my problems and, yo, I don't think I'm going to do it. My circle will say, yo, who invited this person? Who is this talking like this? We don't that. talk like that. 
Now, I did have a circle where I come in talking about my problems, and they'd be like, yeah, man, life is hard. You should just, and that's allowed there. Mm. So if you want more confidence, right. get around positive, uh, confident people, and then you'll become more confident. Oh, Lord. Okay, I'm about to read this little podcast yeah, book. You know what sure. you're talking about. Read more books. Like, watch more <laughs> shows where people, instead of watching TV where people are talking about their problems, yeah. listen to podcasts where we're talking about, yo, you can do this. You can be empowered. Yeah. Okay, so if I'm reading the podcast ebook and I've been thinking about this podcast I want to do with my homeboys, my homegirls for so long, what's that step? What's that first step to go ahead and get me to where I need to be as a podcaster? Well, there's a bunch of them. So in there is like 20 things that you absolutely have to do to um, launch a podcast. One is you have to have an idea. You have to have like a, a concept. Yeah. <laughs> right? But in that concept, it's a specific audience. Number two is like your avatar, the per- the ideal person that will listen to this. Right. So I don't care what it is. There are some people who are I was just talking about the other day. Somebody needs to start a podcast on talking about their problems. Oh, I don't want to hear that podcast. Well, you might. You might not. But I went on live the other day and I said, yo, normally I'm inspirational and motivational, but I'm going to ask permission for y'all to let me vent real quick. I'm going through a lot. Now, at the end, I know I'm going to get over it. Let me vent real quick. So I started talking about all my problems throughout the day. And people were like, amen, Dave, you're going to get over it. They started encouraging me. Aww. But they're like, yo, I needed to hear this because I think you're Superman. They think I'm perfect. They think, like, I just wake up and, and I'm swimming through a pile of money like But I'm like, yo, I just want to be transparent. And people want transparent conversations. There, are, there could be a podcast for single dads. Where is If I'm a single dad and I have my kids, no significant other who do i listen to to get over the things that understand the things that i'm going through who would i listen to yeah that relatability is a seller 100 percent. and it does bring people back to you just like you said oftentimes when you're in social hell confidence comes from there too mm-hmm. and you think these people what is the other book you made um dreams are built overnight yep. you really think it happened overnight and you're like man what's wrong with me i've been trying this for three <laughs> years i must suck Sure. So it does bring you confidence to have that vulnerability with someone who you believe might be Superman. Yeah, and my book, my book, Dreams Are Built Overnight, is the transition from your job to your dream because I literally built my dream overnight. It wasn't one night, but I work all day on my job and all night on my dream, and it was two and a half years of every single night building, every single night around my job, around my responsibilities. And two and a half years later, I was able to quit my job at the Cheesecake Factory when I opened up my own kiosk. You was not at the Cheesecake Factory. Six years I was in that place. Were you serving, hosting, managing? Serving. You got some good money, though, because I tip my Cheesecake Factory waiter very well. Uh, Not everybody's (laughs) like you. you (laughs) Not everybody's like you. But I did realize that my tips were going to be related to my ability to make people feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. So I I really practiced for six years on how to make people feel comfortable, how to not just take an order, but to get to know the person, which I think makes me a really good podcaster now. Dang. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. So that was your overnight dream to podcast? Well, there was a lot in there, but I worked at the Cheesecake Factory for six years, left my job in 2012. I started my podcast in 2018. In those six years between 2000, when I quit and when I started my podcast, there was a lot of um, entrepreneurial endeavors. Mostly my T-shirt brand, Sleep is for Suckers, geared towards entrepreneurship, people that lose sleep doing what they love. So I had to open a kiosk in Cumberland Mall. Whoa, Paul. That's your brand? Yeah. Sleep is for Suckers? Yeah. 
Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> That's you? I've been in these streets for a long time. Whoa. Okay, and you're going to probably hate me for this, but I hate that slogan. Oh, man. You have got to rest. You have got to rejuvenate. We're not computers. And I always, it's funny because that saying is what I, I'd be like, you know that person who wrote Sleep for Suckers? <laughs> they a sucker. <laughs> I'm going to change your mind right now. You ready? <laughs> So it influenced me because sleep is so important. It is, it is. So in those first, in those first early years, I had no money. All I had was time, right? Mm-hmm. But then I didn't really have a whole lot of time because I'd fill my day up with stuff. So imagine I'm working all day, and if you've ever been a server, you know you work in twelve-hour shifts. Speak. So if I get to work at nine o'clock and I don't get off until like nine ten at night. I could go to sleep until I go to work in the morning, or I'm just gonna carve out a little bit of time to sleep. I'm gonna I'm gonna be tired the next day, given yes, but um, I'm gonna get a few things done. So those first few years, I really gave up sleep. Now, a couple hours, instead of sleeping eight hours a day, I'm working. I'm sleeping six hours a day, extra two hours. That's an extra fourteen hours a week, an extra fifty six hours a month by giving up two hours of sleep every single night mm. to build a dream. No wonder why I quit in two and a half years. But then I realized it wasn't necessarily about sleeping in a bed because you could be watching TV all day, eyes open, but you sleep. Mm. You can have this idea, this dream, this vision, but you're sleep on the vision, right? You're wasting time. You go to the club for three, four, five hours every single weekend, you sleep. Eyes open, but you sleep. So you can't sleep in any aspect. That's, That's deep. That's deep. That's much deeper than I thought. I'm sorry for calling you a sucker. That's all good. I think that's super dope. What a concept. Sometimes we sleep because we're comfortable. You know, we sleep because we don't know to wake up. Hell, we don't even know we sleep. Yeah. We, we just going through the motions of life thinking that one day my dream is going to come true even though I'm not going to work for it. Yeah. Isn't that kind of crazy? Yeah, for sure. People do talk about, like, even while I was building, I'm talking about psychologists and teachers and educators. You got to sleep. You got to sleep. And I'm like, you're getting all your sleep. Yes, but I don't want your job. I look, I it worked for me. I gave up sleep and I didn't I wasn't like drowsy. I wasn't so people will say, yo, it's dangerous for you not to sleep. To give up some sleep to get what you want. For one, no one wealthy ever told me that what I was doing was wrong. No mm. one said, No, Dave, you gotta get some sleep. Mm. Nobody, nobody, not one person. It's all the, the teacher or the janitor or somebody that's work my coworker, right? Something like that. But it wasn't um I, I just had to educate people, and I had to give some people, like, the, the mission. that You can sleep in so many different ways. But if you go to McDonald's, nobody's saying, hey, don't eat McDonald's. Ooh, that could kill you, too. Lord. So McDonald's could kill you. Not yes. sleeping could kill you. I'll just not eat McDonald's. I'll give up some sleep, get what I want out of life, and I can eat good later. It was just, mm. you can't listen to people, man, and their ideas. You can't. And if you hear an idea, you should probably investigate a little further. Because uh-huh. I did hear Sleepers for Suckers, but I just took it for what it was. Yeah. You know, I didn't try to understand, well, what does he mean by that? <laughs> because if I did have, I probably would have not slept a long time ago. <laughs> I'm at this damn job. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> so I'm really interested to know for that podcaster who's sitting there, they on episode 150, and they still not making no money. Where are they going wrong? Probably everywhere, because they ain't got my ebook. <laughs> but but um, one thing Wait. is they're probably not asking people for money. Like, you just ask someone to sponsor it. Because most entrepreneurs understand the power of podcasts, and they see all these podcasts popping up, mm-hmm. and they just... It, it, it's easy to sell someone on a sponsorship to get in front of your audience, because every number 
has value. So if it's 100 people that watch your show, it's not a whole lot, right? But if I'm an entrepreneur, that 100 has value. How much would you pay to get in front of this 100 people? It's not nothing. It might not be what you want. It might be 20 bucks. It might be 15 bucks. Well, let's say it's $20. It's valuable. If you have a $100 product, let's say one of those people that are my 100 viewers buy your product. You're up, to, you're up 100, right? But let me just say, you can get in front of my 100 audience, hundred people audience for 20 bucks. Well, if I'm releasing an episode every single week, that's $80 a month. It's a good start. It's a start somewhere, even with those low numbers. But most people don't know how to quantify how much they should pay to advertise on a podcast because it's such a, a new space. Nobody's going to say, okay, what's your CPA? What is your... Yeah. <laughs> Nobody knows. No bueno. <laughs> no, <laughs> Nobody knows how to calculate it. So you just ask people to sponsor your podcast. It can't be that damn easy. It is that easy. Okay. I'm so, telling you it's that easy. Okay, so so here we go. Here we go. I have reached out to 15 businesses for $20, and ain't nobody gave me nothing. Is there a part two? Um, what else? Is, is there anything else? I'd be willing that that's not going to happen, one, okay. because every business owner's objective is to market and get in front of an audience, period. So if you have a niche and audience, let's say you're talking to black women, right, and you have a, a hair product or something like that that is, I don't know, that's for that audience, what business owner doesn't want to get in the in front of a prime audience that listens to this one person for an hour every single week and they trust the person one that's just not going to happen two if it does you probably don't have it packaged correctly or you're not selling them on the fact that you are the best person to talk about and be an ambassador for this particular company the third thing is even if nobody pays you any money if you have a podcast and you have a product or service you need to put your own ads in your own podcast i make money from my own ads in my own podcast from the sales from the thing that I'm promoting, but it's my company. So I stop my podcast and say, hey, y'all, we got the morning meetup. It's the organization that we meet every single day, and I'm coaching entrepreneurs. You need to sign up. Now back to the show. That's my own ad. If nobody pays me, I'm going to pay me. Because then you would have to come up with a service or a product in order to get that money back from the podcast. An ebook, maybe. An ebook, like podcastebook.com. Why not have an ebook or whatever you're talking about? If your show is about depression, write the 20 things that you learned about depression. Somebody's going to buy it because they're dealing with it and they're looking for any answer. So whatever your product, your your podcast show is about, you should have some sort of product that serves the audience. Absolutely, because other than that, it wouldn't make sense. But not a lot of people who podcast have that business mind. That comes from a business mind, not really a creative mind. Trust me on that. Because <laughs> I don't have that other part of my brain. Right. I don't know why. I just don't. So when it does come to working out the kinks, trying to build that audience, is there a certain kind of flow you got to have in order to get an audience and get it quickly? Um, one, being consistent, and two, um, being confident in the fact that you have something that your audience needs. That really just comes from that energy. Like you are in a desert, the only person with water, and you have to really believe that your show is water in a desert where there is no water. You have to go in and say, this is the most amazing podcast in the world. I'm helping the world. It has to be mission-driven. So you're not just going to stumble on seven figures. You're not going to stumble. I think you could stumble on a few hundred thousand, honestly. But it's going to take a lot of work, a lot of dedication. Like you said, that idea that I talked about, that's for a business mind. Well, 
I think people are either creative or they're business minded. Would you agree? Maybe one or the other? Absolutely. You got two parts of the brain. Right. The fact that you understand that means if you're creative, you probably just need to find some people who think they're business minded and ask for options. Mm. If you're business minded, you probably need to find some people that are creative and say, how can we put a creative spin on this particular business? Sounds like a team. Do we need a team? Well, you just need a Facebook page. If you ask people on Facebook any question, they're going to answer it for you because everyone loves giving their opinion. Don't they? All you need is some coworkers. <laughs> I was going to my coworkers. <laughs> you need his coworkers. At the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> like, yo, what you think about this T-shirt brand? What's a good way that I can market this? What do you think about this color concept? And people are like, oh, nah. See, I do fashion design. They don't really do fashion design, but they're fashionable <laughs> people. Right? And you get all of these opinions. I was smart enough to realize that I don't have all the answers. Hmm, that's a very um, confident and bold thing. When people say that out loud, they feel bad. You know, they feel weak. Like, this person must think I'm weak if I don't have all the answers. Uh, I let everybody know specifically that I am weak in mad areas. I'm good in a couple areas. I'm terrible in most other areas. <laughs> but I'm smart enough to know, and I'm... I'm um, that's why you win. I don't have an ego. There's the word I was looking yeah. for. That's very ego-less because egos usually mean I got it, I'm good, I don't need it. But when you take that ego out, then people see the vulnerability, you know? Then you start to wonder if they can tell that you don't know what the hell you're talking about. (laughs) But if you say it out loud, you're like, I already told you, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Absolutely. And people don't hold you to the standard of knowing everything. You know what I mean? And it's the most incredible way to be relatable because if you're not perfect and you let even if you think you're perfect tell people that you're not because the audience they know they're not perfect they're looking at you like you're some sort of superhero but if you say listen i struggle just like you you're relatable to your audience i never ever fail to let everybody know that sometimes i don't have the answers damn that's dope all right so that's a great um tool tidbit if you're podcasting and you believe you have to be a certain way you saying that gives them an idea of how they actually should be so going a step further do you have any podcasts that you listen to that you say oh they do a good job with podcasts and if I'm trying to build my own who should I listen to to get that example of what I should be doing um I mean I just listen to podcasts in general obviously we have uh you know uh inside the vault with Ash Cash Earn Your Leisure um I, I, I like uh, Big Facts podcast. Joe Button podcast is amazing. My favorite right now is Drink Chance with uh, Noriega, but I literally listen to so many podcasts because I'm studying the craft. You know what I mean? There, there's the question because, yeah, you can get into podcasting, but if you've never done it before, you don't know what the heck you're supposed to be doing. So when you're listening as a student, what are you listening for? Um, Style, cadence, look. I was binge-watching Larry King who passed away, um, one of the greatest interviewers, one of the greatest minds ever to walk this planet. So I'm just, I'm looking for things that move me. I, I saw an interview where David Letterman was interviewing Jay-Z. And David Letterman asked Jay-Z about cheating on his wife. Now, imagine Jay-Z's in his chair. You're a host. My eye, you see my eyes. Would you ever I'm ask so a question? I'm uncomfortable with you saying that he did it. Oh, my God. What happened at that point? I'm about to go Google it so I can find it. Oh, please, please. What did his face look like? It it didn't come off offensive because the way he framed the question was brilliant. That's what I saw. So what he did was he started talking about a situation that happened with him and his wife, David Letterman. He's like, he's talking about, yo, I was almost in a situation where everything in my family 
broke up. And it was because of my own fault. It was, you know, I was in a situation where um, I, I could have ended up seeing my wife with somebody else. Mm. And he goes through this whole thing of him falling on his sword saying, listen, this, this is where I messed up. And he ended the question with, I was wondering if that's something you could relate to. Knowing damn well he could. But it gives him a, it gives the guests, it gives Jay-Z a freedom to say, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, man, I understand just, you know what I mean? Like not, not being vulnerable, but. Not too direct. Uh, however he answers the question, it wasn't, okay, so I heard you cheat on your wife and she wrote that song, Lemonade, about you. It wasn't <laughs> that way, right? It was him talking about his personal experience, yeah. making the guests feel comfortable. That's the stuff that I really get into, the way he framed a question. Absolutely, absolutely. Can you please tell me what Jay-Z said? Now I want the juice, honey. (laughs) (laughs) It it, it wasn't like super direct, but he he answered the question with tact. You know what I mean? (laughs) I like the guests that come in and let it all hang out. That's the best interviews, period. Yeah, but however Jay answered the question, I was impressed with David Letterman. Period. Because he studies the craft and how to frame a conversation, how to get stuff out of people and, you know, Without being an ass. I forgot who, but so many people have walked out on so many different interviews because of the way the interviewer was treating them. It's art, man. It's art. Asking questions is art. What you do is art. Thank you. (laughs) She's blushing, y'all. Y'all can't see it. Thank you. (laughs) And you know what? You definitely do art, too. A lot of people have been trying to break into this podcast space. Most of them don't because they're afraid they won't make no money. Podcastebook.com. It will give you, like, Real practical things. And I'm not trying to, like, the book is 37 bucks. I'm not trying to get rich off the book, right? But I want to be responsible for people launching their podcast. My goal last year was 1,000 people launching their podcast. Now I want to help 10,000 people launch a podcast. Here's why. I'm looking through the list of, um, of the top-ranked entrepreneurship podcasts in the entrepreneurship category. I am the only black podcaster in the top 10. Noah. In the top 20, there was another one, my friend, actually, Ronnie Brown. In the top 20 podcasts in the country, two black people. Okay, tell me why. Why are we not winning? We gonna find, I don't know. Maybe we don't know. It's a, it's a new industry. It's a new space. It's like nobody. Do we call it racist or that won't work here? No, nah, it's just. Uh, <laughs> you know how we do. They racist. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't figured out why, but I think a lot of it is because we just haven't been exposed to the industry. And I'm. Like, I have my bullhorn saying, you need to start a podcast. Even if you don't want to, start one. If you have a business, you need to start one. Starting a podcast is just as important as starting an Instagram page. Damn. In my opinion. No way. Think about it. But not everybody has that much to say. I think we do. When they get around their homegirls, they have a lot to say. Nah, you're not lying. Right? If you're on the phone with some some guy you like, you got a lot to say. You're on the phone with for an hour. Mm -hmm. Right? But it's not even, in my podcast, I don't even have a whole lot to say. I ask questions. My whole podcast is me asking questions and them answering them. Mm-hmm. And it's really a selfish thing because I need to learn, right? So if you're <laughs> battling depression, find some people who don't seem depressed and ask them why they don't seem so depressed. You might find out some of them are depressed or they might help you in their journey of being like, quote, normal, right? So you just ask a bunch of questions and you got a very entertaining show for an audience. Damn, that's actually a great way to think about it. I had a question, but I was so into what you're saying. <laughs> Forgot it. Gosh darn it. <laughs> this is awesome. Isn't it awesome. right? This is good, man. Is it? Yeah. Absolutely. Am I podcasting? Yeah, you're you're a po- A1 <laughs> podcaster right now. Absolutely. So for real, for real, say I do. I 
do want to do this podcast, and I do have an idea, and I think I'm going to be great. But my issue is consistency. What do you mean by consistent every day, every week, every month? What does consistency look like? I suggest uh, once a week. I suggest at least once a week. So you're servicing your audience, but you really got to think of the people that need it, not thinking of your own schedule, right? So Mm -hmm. if you are going to give sandwiches out downtown to homeless people every single Sunday, you would come every Sunday, right? But if you get selfish and say, I don't want to feed them, and they gather around this bridge that you normally come to and you're not there, you should feel some way. Like, yo, I'm not servicing my audience. So that's how I look at my audience. They're... There are people that need to be set free from themselves, from all the negative thoughts in their mind. They need to be set free from that. So I'm going to show up every single Monday and Thursday. I do two episodes. Every single Monday and Thursday of every single week, I plan for the rest of my life to service that audience. Mm. I'm bringing these sandwiches. They need it. So you pick a day that you can release, but I recommend getting seven episodes in the can. Just record seven before you start releasing so that you have some backup. And you have a cadence. I only record on Wednesdays. Only? Yeah, but I'll do like four or five episodes every Wednesday. Oh, and there was another great idea. I was going to ask you, if I don't feel like I have the time, what's a great way to stay on top of my shit? But I think you just answered. Yeah, we all have the time. It's just how we allocate it. We all got 24 hours. If you look in your schedule, you'll find where a lot of your time is being wasted. But if you schedule, like, if your relationship is important to you, you'll schedule, okay, every Friday's date night. If it's important to you. If it's not, you won't. Some of these Negroes. Uh, including myself. You know what oh, I mean? really? I'm, do you do I'm that? At, no, I don't. That's why I'm mad I said that. You know what I mean? Because, now, <laughs> now because I feel we like know you myself. love us, but damn, where's the time? <laughs> like, can we have some quality time? <laughs> I'm sorry, baby. You know, I just go watch the USC uh, fight real quick. No, my wife doesn't listen. It's <laughs> like, where's my date night? Make time for what you feel like is the most important part. Or sometimes you don't and you feel bad because Mm -hmm. it is important, but you don't make time. So we're talking about consistency. Um, We're talking about that time that we think we don't have. But like you do, if you record four or five podcasts in one week and you release them once a week, you're good for the whole month. For sure. I got like 20. Like I stay up like 20. 20? Yeah. Yeah. No, see, we we talking about. Entrepreneurial foundational principles. And podcast episodes from two years ago mm. are still getting a lot of views because we're just talking about how to win. The stories never change. It's not like I'm talking about you're releasing an album. Let's just talk about the album. Or you're releasing a, a product. Let's just talk about that. I don't do that. Me personally. So it's kind of like we, we we can have these conversations and release them. You know, no matter. Yeah. Timeless yeah. is what they're called. Yeah. Real timeless. All right. So um, I want to make a transition. Now I want to talk about that person sitting at that job and every day they wake up, they dread it, they hate it, and they don't really get going on what they really want to do. Referring to your book, um, Dreams Are Made Overnight. Talk to me about that. How how can you make that transition, and how realistic is it really if you got bills and stuff? Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't think a lot of people feel like to be an entrepreneur, you have to quit your job, and that's not the case. I built my business while I was working my job. But it wasn't like I was going super hard. My objective was on my off days to make $100 each off day. That was it. Just that was 100? my first goal, $100. You think about it, if you got two off days a week, that's an extra $800 a month. Mm. What can we do an extra 800 Damn. Okay, and what, what were you selling? Uh, t-shirts. T-shirts. So you started off just selling T-shirts. Just selling T-shirts. Yep. How would you get that 100 Who would you sell to? Um, coworkers. 
I'm going to barbershops. Well, your co-workers did uh, a lot for your career, bro. You need to go pay them. <laughs> so there might, let's say you have a T-shirt and there's a studio next door. You need a knock on the door. What's Jay, yo, I got these T-shirts. Can I buy them? The answer, yes or no, the, the, you shouldn't be concerned with the answer. You need yeah. to be concerned with your ability to actually promote your business. What do you mean? That's it. So I, um, I've never really been good at sales. And I would ask you, hey, would you like to buy? Would you like to buy? And when people say no, I get discouraged and I stop asking. Me, you're me. But, <laughs> but I started to learn that um, I'm, I shouldn't be focused on the outcome. I should be work, focused on the work. Focus on the work, not the reward. Mm. My goal is not to, let's say, sell 10 people. Mm-hmm. My goal is to ask 30. If I reach my goal of asking 30 people to buy my product, I'm happy because I hit my goal. Now, out of that 30, we should have some people buying. But if I do that often enough, eventually, if I am if I ask 30 people and two people buy, I'd be happy because I finished the 30, right? But chances are, if I did that three or four times, the next time I ask 30, I might sell five. I'm getting better yeah, through repetition. So my goal was to focus on the work, not the reward, because you can't control whether somebody takes money out of their pocket or not. But I can control if I ask 30 people. So is there any point where you are stepping out on your faith that you should take a second to look and see they are not responding to 100%, this? 100%, always. Gotta, so at what point do you know that it's not the growing pains, it's not the idea that you're using? I mean, it is the idea that you're using. Um, so you ask the 30 people and the 28 people said no. A simple question will give you a, 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 a real clear picture of what's going on. So you why? Ask them, why didn't you buy this? <laughs> why? You don't want to hear that answer because it's ugly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Say, yo, be honest because I, 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 I want the next time I talk to somebody, yeah. I, I would just ask you, okay, why aren't you buying this? I don't really like the design like that. I, I don't got the money. It's the wrong day. What, whatever. And I got a lot of data from that. So. Yeah. Let's let's focus on not leaving my job, but let me get better. So, last thing. I'm, okay. This, I'll make it short. When I was working at the Cheesecake Factory, I understood that my job was using me. And I realized that a job will not pay you more money than you're making there. Then I did some research and found that most jobs will only pay you a fourth of what they're going to make. Meaning, if they give you $30,000 a year here, they plan on you bringing them back 120000 you make fifty thousand, they're only going to hire you if they can make two hundred thousand off of you, which means your real value in the marketplace is two hundred thousand. But because I understood my job was using me, I had to figure out how I could use my job. So I'm talking to my guests every single day, and my objective was to get better at sales. So people say, "Well, would you like a slice of cheesecake?" And they say, "No." The conversation doesn't end there because I'm using my job to get better at sales. My goal is to get you to buy one. What do I got to say to get you to buy one? I realize when you say, no, I don't want one, and say, ooh, I don't need it, that's when I put on the pressure. Like, oh, you don't Lord. need you it, but you're on vacation. Oh, Come Lord. On. Listen, <laughs> I know you're not on vacation, vacation, but inside here, at my table, this is a mini vacation. You work hard, don't you? Yes, you deserve some cheesecake. We'll go to the gym tomorrow. It's all good. You deserve this. Take it home. Don't be selfish just because you don't want none. Somebody in your house might want some. Ooh, I would I don't hate know. you. I would hate you if you at my table. But then when you eat the cheesecake, you're like, yo, I'm so glad. This made me feel good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you now might. 
that was a part of my process. Again, I'm still not really good at sales, yeah. but I was trash before. And I picked up this philosophy that you have to tell me no more than once. Wow. So because when you hear no, not you, I say me. When I hear no, I'm like, oh, my bad. <laughs> I don't even want you to look at me no more. Right. I'm ashamed that you turned <laughs> me down. So how do you build that confidence to go in for that other no and that other no? You let them know what's happening. Listen, I am building my business. And one of my coaches told me, his name is David, he said that I got to get you to tell me no four times. So I'm going to ask you. You said no one time. Yeesh. I'm going to ask you again in a different way. I'm going to try to sell you. Now, you can keep saying no. It's cool. But I'm practicing. I'm working on this. <laughs> and I promise you I use that working at the kiosk. And you'd be surprised how many people buy on the second or third no. Uh, not me. Because it's pressure. I'll be running past that kiosk. It's, oh, yeah, I'll stop you. <laughs> I will get in your way. Hey, don't leave. I know y'all be trying to play the kiosk. I got too much going on. <laughs> Them damn kiosk workers. You, nowhere you, you ain't got nowhere to go. Like, you, you were just you were slow strolling. Now you want to walk fast when you buy. All right, come on. What are we doing here? Damn, that's a good method. Yeah, that's just, a good method. So I want you to do that, okay? You have yeah. a podcast. Ask somebody to sponsor when they say no and say, okay, real quick. I, I have to, you have to tell me no more than once. This is just a practice on helping you. So will you help me help me? And they'll say yes. Okay, cool. This is another reason why you need to sponsor my podcast. Let me know if you're going to tell me no that far. But eventually, people will buy just to support. You, and there's no pressure on you because it's not about making a sale. It's about you getting no three or four times. Now the goal is to get no so you can reach your goal. Damn, and you come back funny. to your coach and say, hey, Dave, I got four no's today. I got three no's today. And you get excited, it becomes a game. It is a game, right? Because once you turn that switch off that I, that I dread, if they say no, I'm gonna, you know, be so embarrassed. If you turn that switch off, and I can't wait for them to say no, so I can try this other thing out. It does become sort of fun a little bit. Damn. Okay, so I have my dream. I'm ready for my nose. Am I keeping my job, or am I making more time to get my passion out? You keep your job. You keep your job, and you just start. You start. You got to carve out some time to build the business. I don't care if it's an hour a day. Remember, I was saying I would. I, I, t I carved out two hours. I just took two hours from my sleep, and I focused on two hours in my business every single day. But even if you take an hour and focus on your business every day, that's seven hours a week. That's 28 hours a month. Mm. What could you accomplish in 28 hours? A whole lot. One hour a day. A just one hour. Wow. So focus, do something. Make a list of everything you need to accomplish. It might be 30 things. And knock off one of those things in those 30 days. Now, some people will say, yo, 30 days is too long. Well, if you'd have started 30 days a month ago. Mm, you would have been there already. Isn't that funny, people? If, going back to even people trying to think about going to school or not going to school. Man, if I go to school now, I'll be 50 years old when I get out. Okay, but when you get 50, you still going to be 50, right? Still going to be 50. But without a degree. <laughs> right? I mean, that makes a lot of common, uncommon sense. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that people are like that, but, I mean, obviously, you know, you used to be a worker. When you have that worker mentality, you're just trying to maintain. Yeah. You know, you're just trying to float and stay comfortable. Yeah. Is there a situation you should put yourself in to get uncomfortable, to take that dive, or, like, what's the mindset you need to be in? Yeah, I mean, find out what's uncomfortable and try it. Have some people hold you accountable. One of my mentors, Jonathan Green, uh, really cool. He said he was just super shy, super introverted, just don't like being around people. And he was telling this story of how he decided to do karaoke one day to face his fear. That's my favorite thing to do. I can see that. <laughs> I can see that. 
for an introvert, that is terrifying. That's I would crazy. much rather jump in the casket. Than <laughs> oh, do, my. <laughs> than do karaoke, right? But he's one of those people, right? So he said he went up the first time, put his name on the list, and he said, uh, like, they call, they finally called his name, and it was like, Jonathan Green, come to the stage. Jonathan Green. And he, he told this funny, he said, uh, how, you know, how everybody looks around for Jonathan Green. Right. He was looking around for Jonathan Green. He's stupid. <laughs> Who, where is he? Oh, that's stupid. <laughs> he said he got in his truck and cried. Oh, he never went up there. He didn't go. Whoa. But he went back the next week. Same thing happened. Couldn't, couldn't bring himself to go up there. He said this happened like three or four times. One day he said, yo, I'm sick of, uh, I'm, I'm sick of like letting myself down. This is one thing. It's not going to kill me. He said he went up there one time and sang and got booed because he sung a country song. <laughs> Why well, got not telling, coming out my nose? <laughs> he was talking about Dugan's on, uh, I think it's like Dugan's on the east side. This was years ago. He said he got booed. He said, but the crazy thing is he went back next week, did the same song, got a few less booze. How? Why? He's, he was more into it or better. something? I don't know. Maybe the same people are there like, oh, I remember that song from last time. Yeah. He said after like four or five times, and I, I'm t- this is Jonathan Green's story, so shouts out to Green. I'm not stealing <laughs> your bars. But he said um, after a while, people were clapping. He said after a while, people were singing along with him. No problem. He, said, he went every week? Every week. He said he'll get off stage sometime, and they'll be like, yo, I love country songs too. Like country music. It was so crazy. Consistency changes everything. Wow. In you and other people, everything. Wow. Consistency does. And even... I don't like to tell this about myself, but I didn't always used to be this great on the microphone. No way. Yeah, no I know, way. I know. <laughs> so hard to believe. But you're right. I used to come in here even when I'm not on air, just talking into the microphone. And now I talk as though I'm talking to you. You know, yeah. if you listen to the radio, you hear, hey, what's up? You already know what it's over Right? And I, when I hear that, I'm like, you need to be on the microphone more mm. because that consistency will help you get comfortable, will help you, you know, break out of whatever you think you're doing. Sometimes we say people play radio because you do what you hear you don't do what you feel but when you keep doing things over and over now you start to have your own little groove and now you have a not a niche but it's like your own talent not talent I don't know the word I'm looking for but it is very true that when you stay consistent on something you grow into your own and it becomes your thing and that's something that you're trying to do 100% and that's everything everything first date you're nervous Second date, a little more comfortable. Third date, fourth date, fifth date. They move in with you. Now you're like, yo, oh, my gosh. <laughs> or you're not dating the same person. Now you a male gigolo. Right. You know what to do. You know what to say. Absolutely. And now you're like, damn, you date professionally? Right. <laughs> what the hell? Consistency is everything. Man. It is. All right. So here we go. We're going down a plan. So. I am consistently taking a couple of hours every day to go into the dream. At what point do I know I'm ready to quit this job? Um, for me, it's going to change for everybody, but for me, I just set a quit number. So when I consistently make this amount of money, I'll quit. Hmm. So that, that prevented me from quitting off of emotion, going in one day and saying, oh, I don't like y'all. I'm out. I'm just going to make my dream. I said, if I can make X amount of dollars for four months in a row, I'll quit. Because now I feel like my my income sustained. Now, it took two and a half years for me to consistently make over my goal. Let's just say it's $3,000 a month, side business. If I make $3,000 a month for four months in a row, I'll quit. 
Now, if I make three thousand in January, three thousand in February, three thousand in March, but I make twenty five hundred in in April, I gotta start over. No, it's only five hundred less. You yeah, have to be consistent. It's my number. My number is my number. Yeah. I tell myself if I can make three thousand dollars a month consistently for four months, I'll quit. But if I don't do that, I'm not quitting. Mm. Okay. I don't deserve to quit. I should have worked a little harder. Where was you when I quit my last job? <laughs> then the pandemic happened. Girl, was out for a minute. That's hilarious and so relatable. So many times, once we turn our dream into I am going to do this, then we start building that confidence. And then, like you say, they piss us off that one time. Oh, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Because now I confidently feel like I can do this. Yeah. And you just up and quit your damn job. Yeah. And then that hard month comes. Then that month comes where you don't see the same success that you saw the mm-hmm. last month. Yep. And now what you doing? Looking for jobs. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> you on AJCjobs.com. Oh Come back humble to that old job like, uh, I just realized that uh, I really miss y'all. <laughs> That is so funny and often always the story. Mm-hmm. So I um, I appreciate you for being here. Do you have anything else you want to take this conversation into? Um, just go win, man. Just uh, whatever. I, I encourage people to just make a list of all the things you're terrible at. And maybe next to that list, out of the list of things you're terrible at, the things you desire to be better in. Let's pick one, and let's get better at that. I'm not good at sales, right? Let's spend a month. Let's read a book on sales. Let's take a sales course. Let's let's get a product and just try to sell some stuff and see what happens. Just get comfortable with it. If if it's not if you're 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 not really good with I don't know communication, let's start a podcast. And nobody's gonna be listening to your podcast anyway. But if you just get on the mic more and more and more and more, I I do this challenge with my um with my mastermind group. Just go live. If you've never gone live before, go live. Go Instagram live. There's going to be a couple people on there. But it's not about how many people are there. It's about you getting better at something. Yeah. And anything, anything you do consistently, you'll get better at. If you shot 100 jump shots and you only made one, I will bet every dollar in my bank account that if you shot another 100, you'll make at least two. And how much money is in that bank account? 600. <laughs> 600. <laughs> About six. Ah, nah, that <laughs> bill hit, so it was about 490. <laughs> My car insurance. <laughs> That's dope. And you know what? You're absolutely right about that. Anybody out there with a dream, how can we follow you? How can we stay um, motivated? Oh, absolutely. Follow the uh, Social Proof Podcast on your streaming app, Social Proof Podcast. Um, our videos are on YouTube as well. Um, I also have a morning meetup group called themorningmeetup.com. I'm talking like this and coaching people every single day, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, every day. How do you have time for that? It's an hour a day. That's a long time. You know what I could do in an hour? And how you're long, helping people? How long you be up here every day? Five. I'm, I'm there for an hour every day, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Friday, every day. It's an hour. Do you charge? Yeah, $79 a month. Okay, I'm about to say, but you better be making money. But even if I wasn't, imagine an hour to work on my ability to teach something. Well, that depends on if you're trying to make money to teach eventually, because what else are you working on that for? But, yeah, I mean, you're a money maker. an hour. I could literally, yo, really? I I could do that every day, and I don't do any other business ventures, and I'll be fine. That's good. I mean, because 
Did you go to school for business? That was before I asked No, I went to college for girls. <laughs> what school I you went to? Co- Alabama a and I thought you went to Clark. Oh, no. <laughs> That's what they do at Clark. I'm sorry. No shade, Clark. I love you, CAU. It's almost every HBCU, okay? <laughs> I, walked on, yo, I walked on campus, and I never seen that many black women in one place. Looking good. They Looking get dressed to the noin. From all across the To stand the on country. the yard, to go to the calf. It was like a little city of everybody in the city's your age. I'm like, this is crazy. I loved college. Yeah, and I got distracted. It was such a great place for me to be, though. Yeah. So, so you went to Alabama. So you from here? You from Atlanta? I'm from New Jersey, but I moved down here uh, my senior year of high school. Graduated, then I went to A&M. What, what school you went to? Uh, Morrow High. Morrow? Oh, you was far. You went in the city. Whoa, 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 whoa. It was Come the on. face you just made at Morrow. He's like, oh, my gosh. No, Morrow was lit. It was not lit. It was There's lit. no <laughs> way you're going to convince me Morrow was <laughs> What, uh, what's my girl's name? Amaretta. Amaretta! Come get this man. <laughs> no way. Okay, uh, so you went to Alabama A&M. And then when you, I don't know, what, when did you decide I'm going to make multiple streams, go on my own time. I'll start selling weed. The mic is still on. You know uh, that, right? Uh, no, oh, my God. I, I, I wasn't really good at it, though. Like, I made enough. You smoked to, it off. Oh, for sure. I made enough to buy tall tees. You know what I mean? Not the ones that come to your knees. Oh, I made enough to do that, but I, I wasn't good at it at all. Like, it was terrible. And at that moment. Yeah, but I always wanted to, like, I always wanted to make money. Like, I just knew I'd figure it out somehow. Really? And it took a long, long time for me to figure it out. How? What age? When did you uh, quit and start the kiosk? So I quit in 2012. October 1st, 2012, I opened the kiosk. So I had to be 28, maybe. Oh, going into the 30s. Yeah, 27, 28. Okay, that's not bad. I'm sure you have 40-year-olds listening right now. Yeah. Do you think that's a long time? If they're still waiting to go out on their dreams, 40, is it too late? No. I mean, yo, really, at the end of the day, we're only on this earth for a short period of time anyway. So wherever you are today, make the best of it. You might be listening to this. You're 80 years old. Go make the best of your life. Go do something that makes you feel good. Go after something. Hope makes you, like, just feel good going after something, right? That's why they have the bingo nights for older folk, right? I got the hope that I'm going to win. I'm going to win this bingo game, right? And that might make you feel good for that particular period of time. So go after your dream just so when it's all over, no one can say you didn't try. I just don't want people to say David didn't try. I gave it my all. I can. I am happy with the way things went because I gave it my all. Just do that wherever you're at right now. All right. I ain't going to say nothing else. I appreciate you for coming for in. Me.